Okay, I put my Bible down back there. I have this habit that I Gabe was, my friend Gabe here, Ernstson was just giving me hassle for leaving my coffee cup by my coat, but if I don't leave it by my coat, it could be anywhere in this church. Come back this week, find it somewhere else. I'm pretty forgetful. That was sweet. So this morning what we're going to do is we're going to be taking some time to offer thanks. Um, and you're going to get to participate in that. But let's just pray this morning together. Lord, thank you for your goodness. It's a sign of your goodness when we see some of our own here put their faith in Christ, make the decision like Brinley has to uh, follow you, to be obedient to your command, to show, demonstrate publicly that she desires to follow you, to be a Christ follower. Thanks for that. That's a sweet gift. Lord, and uh, there's so many other ways that your goodness overflows toward us. Pray that you'd remind us this morning, um, as we look at your word, how you have been good to us as we take time to offer you thanks for that. In your name we pray. Amen. So I tend, that some of you are like this, I guess, I don't know the percentages. Pardon? Oh, are awesome. I thought we weren't doing King's Kids. K through second King's Kids. Okay, misinformation. If you are kindergarten through second grade, you actually do have King's Kids. Are you K through second? Third through fifth, you guys stay here. K through second, I'm sorry, I misunderstood the late news. K through second can go out. Third through fifth. Seth's job just got way easier over here in the front row. Oh my. You're welcome. Um, I got your back. <laughs> Great. I don't know what you're pointing at. Okay. So some of you probably have a similar tendency that I have, which is you look at the world through a glass that is half empty. That's, that's my tendency. I own it. I actually think so, there's some real benefits to that tendency, by the way. I don't think those people are bad. If you've been told that pessimists are bad, tell those people they're bad. <laughs> they might have a half-empty glass when they're looking at you. No, I'm just kidding. Don't tell them they're bad. However, here's, here's how I described it recently. It's, it's not that I always think that the glass is half-empty. Sometimes I actually look at the glass and it's full. I just think, I need a bigger glass now. So I go find it and I dump that full glass into that bigger glass and then it's only half full again. That's maybe the positive spin that I would put on that perspective. However, I will say this, that uh, looking at the world, whether it's my life or the, the world around me through that lens of things being half empty can be tiring. For me, for sure, for people around me, you can interview my family if you want to know if they've been tired of that in me. They certainly have. Um, I, for instance, while I'm thankful that Friday afternoon we, I arranged and coordinated and got feedback and we all agreed on that we would do this week, we usually have time where we're going to put in some time to get some projects or chores done around the house. It was agreed on that we do that Friday afternoon 
Uh, sometimes we do it Friday, sometimes we do it Sunday, sometimes another day. I was really thankful for all that work that we got done. It was really, you know, the list that was on the whiteboard, we like crossed it all off. And I was thankful for that, but I already have a bigger list in my mind than what was on the whiteboard. And that can get old. My, my family can get really tired of the never-ending to-do list. Maybe you have that same tendency, or maybe you know someone that does. <clears throat> Whether or not that you are like that, you have that tendency to sort of think through what could be better, what could be improved. Uh, maybe another positive way of looking at s describing that half-empty mindset. I'll say this, pausing to actually think and maybe even mentally list what is good, what, it, what, we, what reasons we do have to be thankful, takes some effort, takes a little bit of sacrifice. And that's what we're going to do this morning. Um, I'm going to read a passage that I've read the last three weeks, and it connects with our theme. Um, it's not the key passage, but it does connect, so I thought I'd reread it. It's out of Ephesians 5, 18 through 20, and it says this, Be filled by the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord. You had a chance to do that already. We all did this morning. And then it says, giving thanks always for everything. It's pretty emphatic. Always, all the time, everything, not just what makes you happy, not what you can smile about, not just what's on your, what's, what, what comes to mind when you think about what the good things are in your life. Everything means Everything, maybe? Everything, that's tough. To God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And actually what we're going to see, I'm going to look at a couple of their passages. That, that emphasis and that, that call to give thanks all the time, continually, is another word that will come up, or in, in everything or for all things, is constant. And the reason isn't because the things are going to make us feel thankful, or that we're going to feel happy or feel joy. It's because the one behind all things is worth thanking no matter how we feel about what's going on in our lives. So that's what we're going to look at here this morning. Sometimes, as that verse says, it says, be filled by the Spirit. In order to give thanks for everything all the time, you actually need more power than you have. Um, I'll just be honest. This week, I, I don't really have like a whole I don't have like a sob story to tell you like I didn't have a whole bunch of bad things happen to me but I was I, it's just been really really hard for me to think of life in general as something that I could list out and be really easy for me to just blister out a whole bunch of things that I think are going good just had one of have you had those weeks maybe I'm the only one that ever has some of those weeks where it's just like really hard to have a positive spin this verse gives me hope because it says, be filled by the Spirit. In order to give thanks all the time in all things, I actually need power that comes not from me. So me not being able to drum it up, or you not being able to drum it up is all right. We actually need a power that comes from God in order to do that. So we're, that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at a, one verse in Hebrews and a couple of verses in Psalm 107 this morning. Hebrews 13, 15 is another one that reemphasizes that same phrase about thankfulness. It says, through him, and it's talking about Jesus, so through Christ, let us continually offer up, there's that continually, that means all the time, a sacrifice of praise to God. And here's what that sacrifice of praise will look, at, look like. That is the fruit of lips, our mouth, 
giving thanks, that give thanks to his name. So sometimes it's a sacrifice to give thanks. Uh, all the time to some degree it is because you have to actually take the time out to think about what you might think want to give thanks for, right? Because that's not always automatic to us. But other times it's particularly difficult for us to offer thanks. We actually need the Holy Spirit's power to do it because of circumstances or situations, maybe our emotional or mental state, whatever the case is, it actually is, costs something more. You might be feeling, as you sit around the table later this week with your family or friends, however you celebrate Thanksgiving, it might be easy in that moment because you're about to eat some good food, you've had some extra time off, or you're having time off, you're getting to spend time with people that you really care about and enjoy. I know that's not everybody because sometimes holidays are actually hard because families can be irritating as well. Um, that it might be easier for some of you to give thanks on that day. For others of you, it might actually be expensive to give thanks because it's actually hard to be around your family or it's hard because of other reasons, which I'll talk about. Um, we, I got together with my wife and um, some of her kids and my mother-in-law because Friday, last Friday we got together for lunch, Friday would have been my father-in-law Larry's birthday. He passed away almost a year ago. In two weeks, it'll be a year ago. He, I, in my phone, I have my reminder that on December 11th, that Larry flew to Jesus. That's, that's my reminder, because that, that's, that's how I think of it. He got to go somewhere. I, we're not. Uh, usually, Andre and I host Thanksgiving. Last year, we didn't, because it was just too difficult to even think about doing. Um, this will be our first Thanksgiving that we celebrate without Larry. I know that we're not the only family that has something like that going on in the holidays. The time between Thanksgiving and New Year's can be particularly difficult if you've experienced loss in the last year or in the last years. It's not even the last year. Holidays can be very difficult seasons. It's actually one of the reasons why it's a sacrifice to offer thanks to God for some of us in that season, whether it's a spouse or a child or a father or a grandparent or a brother or a sister, just a friend or a friend of a friend, there can be an increased sense of loss during the holiday season that you don't have the rest of the year because you're thinking about who was there previously and isn't there. But it's not just loss of a person that has maybe died. It can also be a loss that's not a physical person dying but some other death like the pain of a divorce or a relationship that didn't work out or a rupture in a friendship, whether it's just a friend or even within your family, that loss can be more pronounced during holidays. And so there's a lot of reasons why offering thanks can feel more like a sacrifice than something that I'm excited about. We're going to look at Psalm 107, and this is where I think each of us can enter into the idea of offering a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Psalm 107, 21 through 22 says this, Let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and his wondrous works for all humanity. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving. There's that idea again. And announce his works, the Lord's works, with shouts of joy. So in the midst of offering a sacrifice of thanksgiving, somehow find a way to shout with joy. That's not easy. But I want to look at who them is. Who is this spoken to? Psalm 107 is a favorite psalm of mine. 
and it actually has several different categories of people that are addressed. Let's look at what this category of person is addressed. Uh, see if you identify with it. Uh, it says in verse 17, this is who it's talking about, fools. Anyone feel like a fool ever? You made a dumb mistake? Feel like you lived outside of God's wisdom, outside of God's will? That eh, could be most of you and me. Fools suffered affliction because of their rebellious ways and their iniquities. You know, this is definitely me. I've been a fool. I act like a fool once in a while. I don't keep track, but other people might in my house when I do. You can ask them how often it is. Uh, but you know when you decide to just do life on your own, uh, what you think is best, the inevitability is if it doesn't line up with what God says is best is you suffer something. It might just be consequences or a dumb choice or I'm going to run in here even though it says no parking and try to do this errand and when you come back out there's a piece of paper on your windshield. Well, it's not the end of the world, but there's consequences to our choices, right? This is me when I think about it. I was a utterly rebellious, sinning rebel. That's another word for a fool. And here's what it says their life was like. Verse 18 and 19 says, They loathed all food and came near the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them from their distress. Now, I don't know if I experienced the depth of despair that's described in Psalms there before I cried out to God, because I was only eight. I don't know. There's some eight-year-olds that know what it's like to despair, but most eight-year-olds don't. I didn't have despair in my life. However... When I think about where my trajectory of my life would have gone had I not cried out to God as an eight-year-old, I might find myself in that place. If I'd have just kept going on the road of foolishness and do my own thing and apart from God, imagine just your life for a minute. Just think about, there's probably two or three times in my life where I thought this was a crossroad moment, and this happened for me when I was eight. One moment. Now, I wasn't, like, on this road of destruction at eight-year-old. You know, I wasn't, like, lighting cats on fire or anything like that. But I was not headed toward God. My inclination was away, um, even though I had good influences to go that way. But I decided to head toward God. There's another point in my life when I was in college where I was, like, a crossroad of, am I going to live for Christ or am I going to live for myself? I had just joined a fraternity, and I had just joined a Bible study, and I sort of realized I couldn't do both of them really well. I had to pick. And I decided I was going to not do the fraternity. I didn't really have friends there anyways. It was just sort of like a... I had someone, someone talked me into trying it out. But I, that's a crossroads for me. I think if I hadn't decided to put myself into, I want to get to know these people who are trying to follow Christ better, my life would have been different. <clears throat> Verse 20 says this, he sent his word and healed them. He rescued them from the pit. When you cry out to God and you need help because you're in, stuck on the road of foolishness, what you really need is the truth of God to rescue you. That's what I needed. I needed the truth of God when I was eight. I needed the truth of God when I was 18 to rescue me, to get me out of the pit. My life has been forever saved from the pit. Many of you are in the same situation because you've cried out to God. Okay, so that's who we're talking about. Let them, verse 21 says, give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and his wondrous works for all humanity 
Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and announce his work with shouts of joy. So let's give thanks today. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do this. Uh, for God and his faithful love, for his wondrous work towards you. Now, have you ever received a, a, a thank you card for something? <clears throat> Probably most of you have. Um, the thank you cards that mean the most are the ones that get fairly specific. Like, thank you, I think you're a nice guy, you're a really nice person, I'm glad that you're my friend. Is nice. And I have gotten thank you cards like that, and I've offered thank you cards like that. But the ones that get really meaningful are the ones that get very specific about an instance in your life or in your intersection. That's what I'd encourage you this morning, part of the sacrifice is thinking through what are the specifics. So sometimes... Our, sacri our sacrifice is related to us offering thanks even though we were headed, uh, e even though we're in the midst maybe of suffering or difficulty. Sometimes it's offering thanks just to like even think about what specifically can I ask? Like for me, I was kind of in a funk this week. And this is, this is how God works sometimes. He's like, you're just not going to feel thankful even though you're going to preach being thankful. You're going you're gonna to experience having to be filled with the Holy Spirit this week, even though you don't feel it. So that's me. Maybe you're in that spot. And so the sacrifice is even just writing anything down specific. So here's, uh, here, I'm going to tell you a couple things that came to my mind. And it, I'll just be honest with you. They did not come immediate to mind. I had to sit there for a while to think about what is some of the goodness. So maybe you'll have to do that this morning that I can th thank God for. So here's a couple of mine. Uh, I am thankful that we have chickens that produce more eggs that we can eat. And not just that, but the reason what we do with those extra eggs is two of our younger girls, we went to a concert once. I love, actually, I don't love concerts, but I love to go with my kids who really love concerts because I see how much they enjoy it. So I like seeing their enjoyment. And, and I love that Christian concerts oftentimes are trying to be purpose-driven, and so they have these things like sponsor kids with compassion or world vision or something like that. I love that they do that as well. It's just really hard when you have like five kids and they all say, I, that sounds really good after the pastor preaches and they show some awesome videos. They all want to sponsor kids, which we do already. But, every, you know, go to another concert, we want to, great, we could, Probably we could have like 30 kids that we could sponsor. I don't know if we could handle that, financially swing it. But two of our daughters were, really wanted to do it. And we said, okay, well, let's try to think of a way that you could earn some extra money. So that's the long version of they sell the eggs to sponsor a kid. So not only do we have extra eggs that we can sell and share with other people, but our kids can do something that they want to do, which is to sponsor a child. Another thing that I'm thankful for is this past year, looking back, uh, Andre and I have had sort of a date night-ish for a number of years, and this past year, it's been less-ish, which is nice. Like Thursday evenings have been mostly time that we've had a couple of hours to connect. Sometimes it's at home. One of our discoveries is that I gave Andrea a sushi-making kit, and we do stay-at-home sushi nights. That's really fun. You can actually get... And I'll give you, if you want the hints about that, ask me afterwards. And you can be thankful this next year for stay-at-home sushi. Another thing I'm thankful for is I got to sneak in, and I say sneak in because it shouldn't have happened this late in the fall. At the end of October into the early November, I got to sneak in three or four little fishing trips for like two or three hours. 
did not expect to have it happen. It just happened that our house was totally empty. I decided not to do anything on my chore list, and I got to enjoy a couple hours out on the water with a kayak that I didn't own. That friend here, Eric, is storing at my house. He said, use it whenever you want. Thankful for that. I'm thankful for uh, this past year. I uh, did some counseling, which has really been helpful to help me gain more freedom and clarity than I haven't had in a while. And I'm really thankful to two people that I've seen that have been really, really helpful to me personally to make progress in my walk with the Lord, my understanding of myself that have been super helpful. Okay, so there's four. Took me longer than you're going to have this morning to come up with them. I'm sorry if you're in that place. Maybe you're overflowing and it'll be easy. But what I'd like you to do is take your note out. You can open it up. There should be pens in front of you. If there's not, you can steal from an empty row or there's a pile of pens in the back if you need. And uh, Isaac, if you could play a little music, take some time to offer thanks to God. And then when you're done offering thanks, um, what you can do is you can come up here and leave your card as an offering on the steps here, and then we'll share communion. Uh, what Jesus did with communion is he said, Here's this, take this bread, this is my body, it's broken for you to remember him. Take this cup of wine, this fruit of the vine, this grape juice, and to drink this, this is my blood for the new covenant. Do this in remembrance of me. And so you can offer your thanks here, and then you can offer more thanks by remembering Jesus and what he's done for you. You don't have to be a member to participate in communion at our church. We just ask that you be a member of God's family, that you've put your trust in Christ. So go ahead and write your note. There'll be some music playing here in a couple minutes. And then as you are done writing your note, you can leave it as a thank offering on the steps. Take communion, and then we'll close with a song.